Welcome to the Nifty Chicks. In this episode, we talk marketing in Web3 with Sarah Lent, the Chief Marketing Officer at VSA Partners. She shares her secret into climbing up the corporate ladder, her newest initiative working with Ripple, and a few tips for brands looking to break into the world of Web3. Let's do this. Welcome to the Nifty Chicks. Sarah Lent, the CMO at VSA Partners. We are super excited to have you here with us today. Uh, You've got quite uh, an extensive background with over 20 years experience in branding and digital innovation. So tell us just a little bit about your background and how you got started and, and what led you into NFTs. Oh, <laughs> that's quite a journey, <laughs> 20 years in the making. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I grew up in the Silicon Valley uh, here in the Bay Area. And, you know, like, you know, many people around this area was like heavily influenced in, you know, my adolescence and the early parts of my career by technology, how it was shaping businesses, how they operate and how that would fundamentally change the way consumers behave and businesses behave and the way that they connect with them and the experiences that they can build. Um, you know, I've worked in the advertising industry my entire career. I think, like you said, I've worked, you know, I worked for Interbrand for about eight years in brand strategy and design. I joined RGA, um, you know, that was the leader in digital innovation and communications and, uh, you know, worked for Essence Media and digital media, um, you know, for, for a few years. But, uh, you know, ultimately, you know, what my remit here is at VSA and, you know, as the CMO is to join this ex- exceptional organization that's been in business for 40 years, rooted in design thinking, rooted in brand building and powerful communications, and to help them think through the next iteration of building brand experiences, um, you know, for the next 10 to 20 years. And a large part of that is about identifying the new emergent technologies that are going to reshape the way that businesses operate. We shape the way that consumers, um, you know, behave and the way that brands need to connect with them. And I promise I'm going to land this plane. Um, So the reason why we're moving into NFTs today is because there's been a lot of talk about the next interface of the internet, you know, some people call it the metaverse, some people call it web three, it is a shift in the technological infrastructure that will enable digital experiences to interact with us in a fundamentally different way. And NFTs are like the first little like waiting pool of exploration for what brands can do and build and utilize those technologies to connect with their customers. And so, you know, we have, as a design agency feel that you know it is our responsibility to shepherd our clients into this new world and to help them find a really safe space to explore how to create interactive experiences within web3 how to understand value exchange how does crypto and blockchain work and then ultimately what is that long tail you know, kind of future marketing and brand building initiatives for them as we start to move into a different interface of, of connection. Wow. That, I mean, you're just, that's, that's a lot. And uh, <laughs> one of the things that I want to kind of dig in before we want to know a lot more about what BSA partners is doing and what sure. you're doing on kind of the 
kind of bringing into your expertise into a kind of a new realm here. But one of the things that really um, sparked my interest was your ability to climb up several ladders in your career. Um, just looking at your resume, your LinkedIn, it's it's really impressive how far you've gone. And I would love to hear kind of what that journey is like for you. Um, and, and kind of for any of our listeners who are trying to do the same in their industries, you know, what advice you have to just like really keep pushing up that ladder? Oh, well, first of all, thank you for saying that. It's, it's just nice to hear. And, you know, I have to be honest, like you, you, I, I did not do that on my own. You know, it was, I, I, I was an incredible, um, I was incredibly lucky to have different, more senior women in my life, like see me at a junior level and invest in me, invest their time, their energy, their mentorship, help me navigate those different dynamics that you needed to do as a junior executive, but as a woman making those moves up the ladder. And I just, you know, I, I can't even explain to you these women that showed me the way and it, it's been so valuable. And I try to do it as much as I possibly can for, for other women as well, because I could not have done anything that I've done without them. That's, that's amazing. I think one of the things that I've shared with Mindy Sell is like, I have found the women in the Web3 space to be very much like that. Um, I find everyone to be very supportive, supportive of one another. And um, so it's, it's nice to hear you share that, that that happened in Web2 space, like in real life space, um, because I have for probably the first time in my life felt that from Web3. Have you seen kind of um, what you're you're talking about happening in Web three, or do you think there's a lot more uh, that we need to do in that area? So I, I I I hear what you're saying, and I think the reason why you're seeing so much of that happening in Web three is because it's an unknown, unchartered territory. Mm. And I think you know, to be honest, it's it's quite risky for people to jump into the unknown and to advise clients on what to do, to try things out, to fail, to learn from those failures. And then, you know, to continue to pursue what you know is the future vision, but that knowing that you're going to stumble along the way. And, you know, I have seen a lot of men do that and, <laughs> and have a lot of freedom to do that. Whereas I think, you know, especially women of my generation, we're a little bit more, I have to prove it and then I'm going to try it. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that it's going to be successful before I take that big risk or that big leap. And so I think in web two, I learned some lessons by not taking those risks, you know, maybe getting left behind a bit. And I, I like, you know, just like the amazing women that I had in my life, I've had incredible male colleagues that have shown me to be bolder have shown me to take those risks and to make it meaningful. And so, you know, now as I'm moving into web three, everybody is open to a conversation about it. Mm -hmm. Everybody is open to sharing ideas, men, women, old, like an older generation, younger generation, we're all working together to define it. And, you know, throughout that 20 year history, I've got great connections with so many brilliant 
people of all walks of life and ages. Um, and so I find that I'm constantly talking to everybody because, you know, we're always learning and we're always changing. We're always making risks. We're, I'm finding out about other people's failures and, and the lessons that they learn from that. I'm sharing mine. And I think that that collaborative nature is really coming to life in a really meaningful way with Web3 and maybe even a more inclusive way. I love that. I love that so much. And it's so funny because I feel like we were just having this conversation yesterday with another guest. I feel like everybody that we've been speaking with lately is saying the same thing about how they feel that this space is now so collaborative and it doesn't, it doesn't have to be just female, male. It's like you just said, it's everybody. Um, I wanted to ask you, I want to know a little bit more about the collaboration that you guys are doing with Ripple and how that, how that came to be and, and what's going on there. Cause like Ripple's been, you know, a, a big name in the space for a long time. And, um, I, I think it's, it sounds very interesting. So please tell us more. Absolutely. Ripple is awesome. They're such a great company, uh, you know, just really great culture with their building is incredibly inclusive. And, you know, I think probably let's say a year ago, we rewind time. There was a lot of talk about crypto. There was a lot of talk about blockchain and web three. There were some crazy spikes in the market. You know, there was, there was a brands that were making big splashes. And, you know, I guess for me, I was looking at this space, knowing that we needed to move into it, but wanting to make sure that we did it responsibly on behalf of our clients. And so I always saw Ripple as this like sleeping giant, you know, like the tortoise and the hare, they're like the slow and steady blockchain and crypto company that like invests in things that matter. They invest it, it responsibly. Carbon neutrality is a core component of their, you know, of their technology and their organization. They were not going to move into market and have a significant impact on the planet the way that you saw a variety of other crypto and mining companies doing so. And so it's almost like, you know, they're the, they're the ones that are going to win out in the end because they're doing it right today. And that's just my personal opinion. I think they're a great company. And so last summer, when we were starting to explore various different partnerships, you know, when when Ripple approached us with this platform, you know, of them trying to integrate NFT transactions on their XRP ledger, uh, and they were looking for creative partners to help them think through the, you know, the brands that could come to that ledger, the utility NFTs could brought you know, provide for them and the, you know, branded experience and design principles that could drive community and engagement. I jumped at the chance to like really flush out what a partnership could look like with them because BSA and myself included, we're marketers, you know, we're, we're a design agency. Having a technical expert and a partner like Ripple is so valuable to us because we understand the technology and the infrastructure that is now behind it. And we're shepherding our clients into this world in a very informed way with that partnership. And so through those conversations, Ripple you know, decided to, in, uh, to build and invest in a creators fund. And they launched a $250 million creators fund that would invite artists and creators and brands alike to access that fund 
to for the sole exploration of the functional value that you nfts could provide for them and with the conversations that we had with ripple vsa was you know launched with that fund as the premier creative partner to help those brands to do so so it's been you know it's been quite a journey the ledger is about to go live um I guess next week. <laughs> so it's like, exciting. it's been quite, it's super exciting. And so you'll see some of the first programs starting to come out, uh, you know, moving towards the end of the year and really flourishing into 2023. That's a, a big job you have um, and VSA. So when I think of Ripple, unfortunately, I'm not in the thick of it. And, and it, it's not good things that come to mind because even with the most incredible companies, the one bad the decision that they make is the thing that's going to be spread out across the world, across every mm. news segment. So um, how are you going to um, kind of what is your approach when you've got, you know, some bad PR on the company? You've just partnered with them. You're really in charge to help them kind of reshape the image that Ripple has with the crypto community, what are some things that you're thinking about to like really kind of get that into the right direction? Well, I want to be clear, like Ripple, we don't work on Ripple's brand. That's not our right. partnership and relationship with them. We're about bringing brands into the creators fund to help build and explore NFTs. And I think very much to your point, there is uh, speed bumps that can occur along the way. And I think those brands that win out in the long term and where I see Ripple going is that like they will weather the speed bump for the long term success of the category overall and for what is institutionalized across an emerging industry such as blockchain and crypto. So the arguments that they're working through right now are very significant. As we know, this industry is not regulated yet. And so they are working, you know, through, you know, governments, the SEC, SEC, et cetera, to hopefully soon, relatively soon regulate this industry so that every single operator within the industry knows the swim lanes that they operate in. Mm -hmm. I don't know any crypto provider that doesn't want regulations because they just need right. to know what the rules of engagement are. Once those are in place, right the industry will be able to, I believe, flourish and become what it truly is meant to be rather than just these huge spikes that you're seeing because it's mm -hmm. creating popularity and community engagement and buzz and, you know, and downturns and, you know, all of those things. I think, you know, there's, there's a way that society is built and capitalism, you know, is deployed inside of that society and regulations are a part of it. So we're looking forward to hearing what those are going to be. And I think the long tail success of Ripple will be very clear moving forward. That's, that's great. It's we talked about that all the time about like this market is really helping us shake out the companies that are here for the long term. And yeah. um, it's I think it's exciting because I think the companies that do last and that have great, you know, aspirations like Ripple and the fund, I mean, are going to be uh, companies that we trust and and um, will have that level of trust that we just didn't have before this. So yeah. I'm excited to see how that shakes out. And I kind of want to shift a little bit to um, really diving a little bit further into your specific expertise in marketing on NFTs and the future of brand experience. Talk to us about kind of where you think that's going. 
Such a good question. Um, so <laughs> I think, you know, to be able to answer that, I'd love to just kind of rewind back in time and really start to talk about web two and what we were seeing at this moment in time and then ultimately how that flourished. Um, so, you know, I, like I said, I've worked in advertising and brand and design my, my whole career. I was there in the moment where the iPhone launched and there was a world that was about to come crashing upon us that most marketers did not, were not aware of, right? They were, they, they were still investing in advertising and media and deploying one large message to, you know, you know, the billions, hopefully being able to connect with customers in a meaningful way. With the iPhone launch and with the integration of smart tablets, there was, you know, the flourishing mobile app economy that transformed the way that marketers and brands connected with audiences. No longer did they have to have one message to communicate to the masses. They could have a, a platform that had users come in on a daily basis. They could understand who that user was, the relationship that they had with the brand and serve up personalized communications, content, products and services in a much more meaningful way to drive revenue growth. So the only reason why I bring it back to that is because I see this as a similar moment. There is a convergence happening that we should all be aware of. We don't know the exact future of what it's going to be, but what we do know is there is an infrastructure convergence that's occurring. 5G, spatial anchors, and wearables are gonna be our new norm. There is a convergence of emergent technologies such as blockchain and crypto that enables decentralization of experiences and the decentralization of databases with Web3. So ultimately, if you think about what the new interface is going to be, let's say 10 years from now, there is a world where you know, the future of retail is not having a store in every major city around the world, but having a personalized, I don't know, um, you know, for me, let's say a personalized Apple store in my office, hopefully one day to be designed <laughs> since I just moved in about a week ago, um, you know, where it would serve up personalized products and service to, services to me in a digital simulation within this, this physical environment. And I look at some of the businesses that are building the foundation of that, you know, there are some businesses that are building a very disconnected dystopian society where you're only wearing goggles and your whole life is in virtual reality. But then I look to the leaders of this category. I look to businesses like Niantic that are 100% focused on integrating digital experiences that heighten your physical environment and create better mm -hmm. human connections. And so I guess my point is, is that I believe me as a marketer, and one that you know has advised brands my entire career, I would like to advise them towards a more human-centered Web3 experience where you are building digital experiences that interact seamlessly with the physical world, and you are understanding the infrastructure to ensure that you are shepherding not just the way that you connect with your customers there, but the industry overall. Because not to completely pivot, but I believe that there is a real power in corporate in corporations and having a say in where our world and society goes. And there's a responsibility of those corporations to ensure the health and longevity of humanity overall. And so if we can shift enough brands and enough investment within a better, more human-centered experience and space, the better off we're gonna be overall. 
Did I answer your question? You you absolutely did. And, wow. and I'm sorry. I don't I don't, I don't want to bombard you with too many questions because I know Minty Cell has a whole bunch of questions too. But I I wanted You're, to you've actually been taking some of mine. So I'm so <laughs> sorry. Perfect. I'm probably gonna take another one because my brain is going like hundred miles per hour. And you're the marketing expert, Minty Cell. So um I'm sorry, but I just do have one more question before Minty Minty Cell jumps in. So um so I heard the the kind of shift because this is all new to me. I, I have no marketing experience. I heard the shift of like one message. Don't really care who the customer is because it's going to everyone and everywhere. Then I heard the Web2 space of um, kind of understanding on, I think, an algorithmic level who the customer is and, you know, exactly details about them, what they want to see and then targeting kind of marketing messages to that. And then I'm seeing this, this I'm hearing the Web3 space and my concern that I think a lot of people might have right now is that the Web2 space that you just mentioned is a little invasive um, because now we're starting to get that like our inf personal information and our personal interests are being shared with companies and then they're able to target. And it's starting to get a little creepy and a little weird to someone who doesn't understand it. And like, wow, I literally just had a thought about buying an umbrella and now I have ads about umbrellas everywhere and I don't even know uh, how they got there. Like things I'm like, like this isn't new. This is <laughs> this has been No, I know, I know, but it's but it's yeah. it's weird. And then I I wonder if um, how you take that into the web three space when web three part of the uh, concept of it is that it is kind of a little bit more anonymous, right? You don't, you can be anyone you want to be in web three. So how do you get to know the customer when you might be talking to an avatar or an I am board Becky, you never know that that is not an, a, her actual name's not Becky. Like, how do you, how do you do that? I, so it's a, it's a good question. By the way, I agree with like the web to proliferation of programmatic media becoming a very unfortunate experience for most customers, right? And especially within the walled gardens, you just, you know, you're, you're in Facebook and you're, all of your data is being distributed to so many different brands. And you just like, you know, for me, I had to shut it down. It was yeah. like, I can't, I can't operate in this. But when I think I a lot of people feel that way too. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Mm -hmm. But when I look at the applications that provide significant value for me, I look at the stuff that, you know, that Nike's built, you know, the, the Nike Plus Nike Run Club application is a perfect example of a brand investing in a mobile app economy and Web2 technology and building a useful human-centered experience for their customers. You know, I think they famously said they used to spend, you know, millions sending one message to the billions and they now have a platform that has 60 million members that come into the platform on average three times a week. And they know who they are and they're really building really meaningful running suggestions, you know, knowing how often that you run when you track it, if you need new shoes or if you're looking for new running shorts because you're, you're traveling to a hot city, you're going to Miami for work, they know that information and they make it really, really personal and valuable. That's the most important thing is value. Now, moving into Web3, I think, you know, ultimately you are going to have an identity within that space. You know, you can rename it, but it will be an identity that's tied to it, to an end user. I think the interesting thing about Web3 and where it might, you know, you might find collaborations that happen with various different in, enterprise businesses is the interoperability 
of what is currently like siloed media portals. You know, we can't like go from, you know, Zoom into Facebook into, you know, Apple TV, like, you know, that movement has to be shut down, open up a new application, shut down. Web3 is going to allow that interoperability. You're going to be able to move into different spaces. So for an example, the three of us could be sitting on this StreamYard call and we would be having a podcast conversation. We would be talking about, you know, I don't know, <laughs> the latest launch of Stranger Things, which is just, I think, spectacular content. So and good. you, let's say you guys all agree. <laughs> I do. And we do. We do. <laughs> you do. <laughs> so what will happen is we will be able to move from this platform into Netflix and we will be able to interact with Stranger Things, Stranger Things content together, the characters, like the experiences that we will build there. But what will Netflix and StreamYard know about us from there? And how would they be able to collaborate to build more relevant experiences for us as we move into different platforms? I think that's the real opportunity for advertisers there is more around co like co-collaboration mm. and understanding of, of user experiences across platforms and how to build better inter like interactive experiences. Then right now it's like, God, I got to I got to get out of Facebook. Oh, I just need to go to my Nike app because it actually knows me. I think there might be a more seamless experience for the for the individual in Web3. Yeah, I'm hearing it be uh, less invasive and scary and more actually helpful. That might I be hope, nice. I hope so. <laughs> 100%. So I, I loved your, your article on the NFTs and, and diving in. And so I'm curious. I mean, obviously, we know, you know, certain corporations, companies have been left in the dust. And you mentioned it in that article about, you know, like, Netflix versus Blockbuster. So what, I mean, I guess kind of crystal ball question, but who do you see currently that is doing the right things? You know, like you said, starting to build that foundation now to move into the future of NFTs. And I mean, I don't know if you, if you have any ideas of companies that will likely fall behind and either be playing catch up. I'm just curious, like, who are we going to see come come out, like, swinging? Because I, I just feel like companies are, they're slower to get into this, but it's happening, like Nike. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I mean, I think it's, it's such a good question. And, you know, Nike is always kind of such a great front runner when it comes yeah. to incorporating emerging technologies in their brand building experiences. But if I could get just a little bit more boring for a second, um, where I see the significant value of NFTs is really where it drives down to like an unbelievable game-changing utility for humanity. Now, let's just talk about healthcare. It is a highly complex, highly expensive, almost soul-crushing experience for a patient to go through, you know, and mm -hmm. it, it is, um, you know, it's just a real challenge and the systems don't talk to each other and your doctors, you know, own the patient and it's like uh -huh. through blockchain yes. technology and NFTs, there is a future where all patient data is owned by the patient and is accessible through an NFT. And me as the patient, I can get control back of my health and I can distribute the data around me personally 
to the healthcare providers that need it. And I can do it seamlessly. For me, that's the win. That is like the, the accessibility and the change that is ultimately gonna make a significant amount of difference. You know, the, the, the metaverse experiences that like Ducati are building is super cool. Like that's great brand building and marketing initiatives, but the fundamental business change that's gonna transform an industry, I think is gonna get kind of on the boring side. You know, like I, I agree with you. I think <laughs> yeah. I, I love that example of healthcare. I know. Um, so Jen FT and I both live in Puerto Rico and it's it, it, as frustrating as it is here. It's even more frustrating there. And I've heard from friends that have had surgeries and that sort of thing that they it, in a sense, you actually do own your data in Puerto Rico because you have to physically go pick up your test and take it oh. to wherever you have to take it to. Um, but there's, there's some other, I just want to ask you this because so one, one of the funny things we talked about this probably a couple of weeks ago on the news and like one of the players that's coming into this is like McDonald's. And I'm just thinking like, I don't really want to eat. Well, definitely don't want to be eating McDonald's in the metaverse. I mean, if I'm going to be eating anything in the metaverse, I'm going to like opt for sushi or, you know, a, a nice steak. Um, so I'm, I'm curious, what are your thoughts on that as far as like the, you know, brands coming into it that are not necessarily perceived as like, I don't know, higher quality or, you know, I, yes, <laughs> it's a tough one. I appreciate the question. Um, so I think like, you know, the reason why McDonald's would move into that experience is because they want to create some sort of value exchange to get people back into their restaurants. Right. Um, and so, you know, whether you, you know, interact with a McDonald's metaverse experience and you opt into an NFT experience, that NFT can get you and your friends five free happy meals. I'm making this up. And so, you know, that, that value exchange is just about creating awareness and consideration and driving purchase decisions. So that's why those brands are getting into it. I think there's a real value in that. Like you could, you know, reignite a lascent brand, you know, within mm -hmm. the metaverse and make it beloved and it can drive performance and drive product distribution for those companies. I, it's super valuable. It's, I think this is the time to explore what those could be. Um, you know, but I think there's also like an unbelievable utility that's going to be operational within the next few years that I think will ultimately just change the way we as consumers expect businesses to show up and the value that they're going to provide us with this new technology. I think the, the ownership is going to come back to us and it's going to be quite empowering. Mm. That. That's, I, I, I'm all about that. There are some people that I'm thinking, oh my gosh, if you own your own medical records, they're going to be lost. You're going to get locked out. You're going to never get them again. I'm like, uh, <laughs> there's some people in the world that I'm like, I don't think this is for them. But <laughs> I think it, we're, it's going to be a learning curve for, for you have to give a power of attorney to somebody else. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. It's going to be the most important document we have now. Yeah. Um, so I have a, a, a little off question, um, off topic question is um, just realistically, bluntly, do you own an, any NFTs? So I have um, turned my dog into an NFT. My partner did that for me this Christmas. No. 
uh, nice. Yes, because I was, as I was working through this partnership with Ripple and I was developing the report that was towards the end of last year and he kind of watched me go down into a rabbit hole and I, I was all I could think about. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. talk about. I was working. I know that feeling. We, we yeah, know that so, feeling, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he was like, um, so <laughs> what am I going to get her for Christmas? Well, what's her favorite thing in the world? My dog. My I have dog. a picture we know that right feeling too. And then, yeah, and then he he turned him into an immortalized NFT to live on the blockchain it. forever. However, anything that I've done, you know, moving forward has been pursuit of our business. Um, you know, I don't want to kind of compromise those things. So I figured my dog was, you know, a little bit, you know, outside of the the realm of what BSA can achieve. <laughs> That's perfect. A reasonable yeah. answer. I was I was just curious if there are any, like if you're like super in the thick of it and buying NFTs and then what you yeah. look for in an NFT project. But it sounds like utility is going to be pretty important to you when you it is when you do go into that. Yeah. It is. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Awesome. Well this has been so amazing chatting with you. I would like you to share with the audience what is the best way to connect with you, like which platform? Um, yeah. Oh, well, please, you know, it's, it's, and thank you so much for having me. It's been lovely chatting with you as well. Um, I would say that you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Sarah Lent spelled with an H. And, um, you know, if you have any questions, you can uh, also find me on the VSA website and you can reach out to our, you know, our email address there and my, me and my team, we get every single email that goes through the website. So please don't hesitate to reach out. And cool. that's vsapartners.com. That's correct. vsapartners.com. And, and we will have all those links in the show notes. So if you um, just go to the show notes, you'll be able to just click a link and you'll be there. Great. Awesome. awesome. Well, thank you. Thank, thank you, you, Sarah. It's been amazing. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. It's been great. Oh my gosh, Jen FT. I just, I love that conversation. She is amazing. I mean, I feel like we say this about all our, all of our guests, but <laughs> truly. We do have pretty, I just, pretty amazing guests. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I just love, yeah. Wrong. True. Yeah. Yeah. She, um, I mean, I, I knew the two of you, the marketing um, aspect, you know, it's all new to me. And so right. these are all things that I've never really thought about. And it's, um, it's, a, I, I don't think I'd want to be in marketing. That's a lot to think about and to, you know, analyze and to then digest into something that's productive. It's, it, that's it really is. And What's funny is all the stuff that she was talking about is like the stuff I love about marketing. So it was, yeah, it was yeah. really cool for me to to talk with her. Um, I, yeah, yeah it's amazing mm -hmm. what they're doing over there, and it's really I I just can't wait to see what is next in marketing with NFTs and like she you know kept talking about with utility and I just feel like. Mm -hmm the sky's the limit with what can, what businesses and marketers can come up with and, and bring to customers. So yeah, I think the gonna future be, is going to be very exciting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I uh, just want to say, you know, thanks for listening and make sure that you are following us on all the socials. Um, you know, that's where we share whenever we have new shows and we share the news and we share, um, you know, funny things that we find, you know, 
That's right. That's right. And as always, thank you so much for listening to the Nifty Chicks. Always remember, invest in yourself because you are worth it. Please listen carefully to the following disclaimer. Neither the host nor the guests of the Nifty Chicks podcast are acting in the capacity of financial advisors. We wish to remain transparent and impartial to the NFT community at all times, and therefore, the content provided by the Nifty Chicks hosts and guests are intended for general information purposes only. Nothing written or discussed by the Nifty Chicks hosts and guests should be construed or relied upon as investment, financial, legal, regulatory, accounting, tax, or similar advice. Nothing should be interpreted as a solicitation to invest in any cryptocurrency or NFT, and nothing herein should be construed as a recommendation to engage in any investment strategy or transaction. Please be advised that it is in your own best interest to consult with investment, legal, tax, or similar professionals regarding any specific situation and any prospective transaction decisions. You must do your own research when considering investing in cryptocurrencies or NFTs. We are simply sharing our journey with you as we learn more about the world of NFTs. Happy minting. Outro. Oh my gosh, it was so funny. Was that your mother? I walked back. Yes. I was like, that was so good. I maintained my composure. I know. I'm surprised I did. I was like, hi, mom. I, I can't wait to show her this video. I was going to so bad. I'd be like, wait, stop. Mom, I know. is that you? <laughs> she knew she couldn't hear you because you have your AirPods on. Yeah. Yeah. So oh. finally, I'm like, okay, I mute. And I'm like, mom, <laughs> I'm recording. <laughs> she knew too. I don't know. That was really funny. That was so good. <laughs>